Turns out coronavirus is not just chasing Nick and I. This has escalated. There are now quarantines happening, not just in China, but here in the U.S. We will talk about that. The markets did not like it. The Dow is off to its worst start in quite some time. Closing today, Friday, which is when we record, down over 600 points. The 10-year is down to the 150 level. Copper is lost 13 days in a row. It's a 13-day losing streak for copper. We're going to talk impeachment. We're going to talk about the Virginia gun rally. We're going to talk about Democrats worried about Bernie winning. If you think the Democrats care about you, Democrats, they don't care about you. They just care about maintaining power like all politicians. I am Gerardo Del Real. This is episode 55 of Bizarro World. I am here with my co-host, the world famous, the insightful, the intelligent, the witty, Mr. Nick Hodge. How are you, sir? I'm surprised because I didn't know markets could go down. Um, this is the new reality in 2020. Down is up and up is down. So, you know, let's get right to it. The market's down 2% today. It's off to its worst start in quite some time. We're talking major U.S. indices. Um, you know, I said in late 2019 that I thought the market would find a way to force the Fed into a rate cut, although traditionally in an election year, it likes to stay neutral. Um, I've also said that the repo crisis, repo, R-E-P-O, is is the four-letter word that everybody should be paying more attention to. And I think all of this is going to come um, sooner rather than later for the market. So expect a bailout in the U.S. is what I expect. I expect a rate cut. I expect China to do the same with aggressive stimulus. Um, let's go in order. Uh, U.S. indices, you mentioned several months back um, that, that you had pulled some money out of a fund um, and we're diversifying. At that time, you were very hesitant to get into the juniors. We now have gold at 1585. There is life in the exploration companies that are exploring. What's your posture now, Mr. Hodge? What is Mr. Hodge doing with his money? So I put that money back to work a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know you were going to ask me about this, but I'll tell you what I did. Um, I didn't want it sitting on the sidelines, right? And I had told you that that was sort of my quote unquote safe money, like part of my funds in my Vanguard retirement account. And so, um, you know, the other week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, as I saw the market continue to hit new highs, I didn't want that money to be on the sidelines. So what I did is I put it back to work. Um, I might have mentioned uh, something about like how Vanguard to, to doesn't have the gold fund anymore. I think you and I Correct. were talking about that one day. I'm not sure if that was on the podcast um, or not, but what they do have they do have is some sort of um, a different fund that sort of includes gold but doesn't have gold in the name. And so what I did is um, I put all that <laughs> money back to work in in that Vanguard fund, and so it's still in my retirement account. It's still. Um, uh, well, it's back to work for me, but it's not in, you know, what it would have been in traditionally, you know, the the Vanguard 500 or some other dividend appreciation index or something like that. It's 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 in a it's in a metals oriented fund. I'll put it that way. Let's talk gold. Um, speaking of metals, right? Closing today, 1585, 1586. Um, it's a very, very bullish close um, to the month, another monthly high on a closing basis, right? And so it looks like it looks like 1600 is right around the corner with this type of momentum. The dollar started to rally a few days ago. It was down half a percent today, which is pretty significant for the dollar. Um, coronavirus is having a real impact on the markets. We joked a little bit last week and we hoped that it would be somewhat contained, but um, it, it doesn't appear to be the case. Um, 
any thoughts on, on where you think this is going? And, and I'm asking a rhetorical question because I saw your Twitter comments about the flu flu, the actual flu, right? Versus, um, and its impact versus coronavirus. Can you provide some context and perspective, Mr. Hodge? Yeah, so the, the flu kills 25, 35,000 people um, just in the U.S. every year. And this coronavirus has killed something like 150 or 170 so far. I'm not diminishing the loss of life at all. I'm just providing context, right? Um, I don't know how big it's going to, to get. I mean, that's sort of a crystal ball thing. I don't know um, if we're going to be able to contain it. I don't know if we're going to be able to come up with some sort of um, you know, cure or drug that's gonna that's gonna stop or slow its spread. Um, clearly, it is headline grabbing. Clearly, it is going human to human. Clearly, it's in uh, multiple countries um, now, including um, in the Western world. And I don't I don't really have a good answer for you if I'm basing it on um, you know sort of the scares we've had like this for the past two decades of my memory. Um, you know, SARS and swine flu, etc. Uh, Ebola. Those things were were headline grabbers for a couple of months and then um, quickly dissipated. So, you know, I don't want to make prognostications on how this coronavirus is going to shape up or isn't. Um, what I will say is that the market was looking for a catalyst. Everyone's been looking for a catalyst, right? And if it's going to serve um, as that, then so be it. You know, you asked me if I wanted to light the match a couple of months ago, and you know I do. So if coronavirus <laughs> is it, then that's fine with me. So the Trump administration has now declared it a public health emergency in the United States. It has announced that people who pose a risk of transmitting the disease will temporarily be suspended from entering the U.S. I am curious to see how they qualify that, um, given this administration's record on immigration and Muslim bans and the number of other arbitrary things that it decides to pull out of its ass whenever it feels like doing so. Um, we have to talk copper. We talked gold. We think that's bullish. I'm assuming you agree that you think gold continues higher, Nick. Got to get that question so much. I mean, I want to, and I've been, this is the answer I've been given. Let's stop and think about where we are for a second. On the record, Nick, no hedging. All right. Is it going higher or not? And then you can give me your logic. (laughs) If it, if, if it holds firmly uh, at where it is now for the next couple of days or, or goes through 1600, it will go higher. Um, if it gets battened back down, then it's going to retrace to, uh, you know, 1560 and it's going to have to make another run. That's the answer, I think. Okay. I like it. Let's talk copper. 13 days in a row of losses. Um, this is the second time now that it seems like copper is headed for a bull market. The last time was the trade war and, and how that man- manifested itself. And now we have coronavirus, right? Which the big the big, the big big threat is is the lack of growth as a result of you know, the multiple quarantines now that are happening around the world. And so um, we're down at the 250 level. It seems like we were at 280 um, just a month or so ago. I think a 30-day chart shows a high of 284. We closed today at 255. Um, Is copper going to zero? You know copper better than I do. Copper is not going to zero. It it can. It has too much (laughs) of a fundamental use in the global economy. What scares me, though, is what copper knows that I don't. I mean, it's the doctor, right? And so to me, it's not, you know, coronavirus is one thing, but I'm not, I think, you know, copper knows more than that we know. Copper knows more than coronavirus. And to me, it would portend, you know, a a wider slowing of global growth and not just a a hiccup caused by this virus. So, um, you know, we'll see. 
Yeah, I, I, I will say, you know, BMW, and, and this is just an example, a company-specific example of why copper has been hit so severely. It, it BMW is halting its production at three China sites until February the 9th. The airlines, of course, are making adjustments to its flights, basically um, banning flights in and out of China in, in, in several instances. And so I think, I, I, I think if you take a step back and we look at the mid to long term fundamentals and and we assume as i assume that china will combat any decline in growth with aggressive stimulus which i think will happen i think it's a heck of a buying opportunity for the better the better names in the copper space and for copper itself um it's going to require some patience i i i i think this coronavirus thing is going to be something that's in the headlines for months not weeks unfortunately but again, if we take a step back and we look at demand and we look at supply and we look at, at some of the issues out of Chile, which is obviously a major copper producing country and the water issues it's having, um, I, 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 I got to be optimistic. I, I'm, I'm bullish on copper and I'm, I'm going to take the pullback to add to, to the better names like I took the pullback in gold, you know, later, late last year and, and the juniors during tax loss selling season to write checks and and buy in the open market. And that's worked out well. So I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for those of you out there that have a list with some names. I'd wait a little bit. I'd, I'd give it, you know, two, three weeks, because I think that this coronavirus story is going to lead to more closures of plants and flights and quarantines. But uh, I think it's a heck of an opportunity. I like it. You, you are in some of the, the same copper deals I'm in. We write about them um fairly frequently and so i look forward to, to copper's day for sure um though definitely focused on gold right now for me absolutely i think that's where the money is to be made i can tell you and i know that you had similar calls but i think i had three different calls today um from ceos that have it's, it's actually the same deal they had last year during tax loss selling season and for whatever reason gold at 1586 and we think it's going higher um, those deals seemed a whole lot more attractive this go around. Is, 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 is the sentiment similar with you, Nick? Yeah, I haven't seen official reports, you know, um, of, of the fund flows or the amount of capital that's being raised in the past couple of weeks, but definitely the pace of deals, um, has increased and, and that's probably a function of coming off conference season. Everybody was just able to get together, soft circle, how much they could raise, sort of pitch their projects and deals a little bit. Um, and the part of that is just the fact that, you know, the vault, the bull market is continuing uh, to unfold and and quality operators and quality players are, are coming out of the coming out of the woodwork to, to put together deals. You know, some of these uh, deals are trash, of course, but some of these deals have names that have, you know, sold companies and assets for hundreds of millions of dollars, whether that's like, um, you know, Rough Rider and Anne Hathor back in the day, or, you know, Ron Netalitsky is out here pitching multiple deals, or, you know, these are these are heavyweight names. Ross Beatty is making the conference circuits and doing interviews with anybody that'll put a camera in front of him. I mean, it's getting to be exciting. It is. It is. Let's talk politics a bit. Um, have you kept up with the impeachment trial at all? It's over, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. It's, 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 it's dead in the water. And, and I'll be honest, the one senator that I actually um, am, 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 am disappointed in, um, a Republican senator who, who I had the pleasure of, 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 I lived in Anchorage, Alaska, and she was, she was a sitting senator. Her dad, Frank Murkowski, um, had that position prior to his passing. And she has always struck me um, in her politics, in her demeanor, 
um, in action as a very reasonable politician um, by politician standards. And I'm really surprised that Lisa Murkowski came out calling. She came out basically against calling witnesses in the impeachment trial, which like you said, it's over. That means the Senate will wrap up proceedings and there's going to be a likely acquittal in a matter of days if if if, if it's not happening as we speak, right? Um, her comments, however, um, I don't want to say they made me sad because I know the state that the country is in as far as money's influence in politics and the corruption of politicians and, and how corrupt the process is right now. And we'll talk about Democrats in a second corrupting the, po- the, 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 the procedures and the process. But I want to read her comment on why she came out against calling for witnesses. Um, she says, given the partisan nature of this impeachment from the very beginning and throughout, I have come to the conclusion that there will be no fair trial in the Senate. I don't believe the continuation of this process will change anything. It is sad for me to admit that, as an institution, the Congress has failed. As an institution, the Congress has failed. And so, a couple of points, right? One, in part, it failed because everybody said on both sides they wanted a transparent process and they wanted to get to the truth, and we found out it was bullshit. Um, Or we would have had witnesses called, right? I, I don't know how many tweets... I saw from Donald Trump, you know, uh, where's the whistleblower? Where's the whistleblower? I want to face the whistleblower. Um, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? And then, you know, on this, it was, this is a hoax. This is a hoax. We got to wrap this up. Nobody look, right? Um, but yeah, those comments just have a uh, such a somber, nasty ring and feel to them coming from, again, a moderate senator that 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 is in the Republican Party, but one that I, I have, I have, you know, grown to like uh, her opinions in the past. And so I think it speaks to the state of our country's politics. And it speaks to, you know, what you and I often talk about on this podcast, the fourth turning and how it's going to take, you know, the youngsters to to, to to get these guys and gals out of here um, and, and, and rework and restructure the system from the ground up because this thing is a mess. It's a shit show. Well, you're seeing how it truly works, right? I mean, you're seeing the emperor with no clothes, whereas for the past you know, multiple decades, certainly before the advent uh, of the internet and certainly before the advent of the the smartphone and constant connectivity, you could keep the public in the dark. But now increasingly the public sees how the sausage um, is made. They see the bits of bone and fat and eyeball that go into the <laughs> sausage in, in real time. Um, they see that, um, well, there's a whole lot of things that they see. They see that this whole impeachment Um, was a sham. They know that um, it was totally partisan. They also know that what Trump did was impeachable. And they also know that, you know, every president does that. (laughs) I mean, this is, um, you know, everybody, everybody knows this, right? And so it's like, we're just going through the motions like day to day, but we all know like how it was going to culminate because we said, you know, weeks and weeks ago that the Senate didn't have the votes to impeach him. And so we're just like, and that's why everybody is jaded with the process. You mentioned that Murkowski said that the um, the institution of the Congress failed. And that's exactly the point we're at. Like these institutions don't work. Um, if I keep going, I'm just going to, it's just going to be word salad. And so I'll probably stop there, but it's like, it's, it's dog and pony show. It's, it's puppet stuff. It's, 
it's, you know, Wizard of Oz. Like, we know what's behind the curtain now. Everyone fucking knows, like, everyone, right? And so, like, we know Epstein didn't kill himself. We know Trump was trading shit for Ukraine to get, you know, um, dirt against his political enemies. Like, it's not, like, the headlines. And that's why everybody is, like, fed up with the mainstream news, too, right? Because they know that it's just, like, pandering political bullshit, parroting whatever the fucking politicians are saying. And so... um Gosh, I hope a third party comes into into being in the next couple of years. But um, for now, I just think that's sort of where we are. And I also think you're going to get a um, a referendum here in November about, um, you know, Democrats spending the last four years doing nothing but attacking Trump and 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 the Republicans to some extent, you know, not doing anything to move the country forward and 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 they they didn't drain the swamp they didn't they didn't reduce the deficit they didn't rein in spending i think trump just peeled back more epa environmental protections that protected the swamps or something like that so i think now we're we're filling them in i don't know if we're draining them but we're going to build strip malls on them (laughs) one last comment that i think just lets everybody know how corrupt these institutions are right now on both sides um alan dershowitz who is a member of president trump's defense team um his argument against the impeachable offense argument was this. If a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. This wasn't said to a news reporter. This wasn't written in a blog. This was his defense in court for the Senate. Um, Again, I shouldn't be surprised, but the fact that these old fucks get to stand up in front of America and be this corrupted, this nasty about it, and now it's just open, right? It's just, it's mind-boggling to me. Is there anything about that statement that surprised you at all, Nick, that it was said in public, in a court, in front of everybody watching? Because we we discussed post-truth last episode and yep. how uh, facts and truth don't matter. And so, uh, you know, I hate to keep repeating the title of the podcast, but it's so bizarre that, like, they just literally make stuff up. It's not even, like, word salad. It's just like, oh, the, you know, the... Uh, 20 trillion in debt doesn't matter. We'll just mint a trillion dollar coin. Like, oh, he's the he's the president. Whatever he does is in the, the best interest. It's just like stuff that is just like so out there. It should be in like, you know, this is like Monty Python stuff. This is like satire, except we just live through it every day as reality. Agreed. And uh, for our listeners that lean to the left, I got something for you all as well, because you're just as bad in some cases. Um, so we know that Bernie is surging in the polls. We know that Bernie is 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 not really, you know, your, your, your cookie-cutter Democrat. And we know that within the party, right, it's not a coincidence that he has support from people like AOC, which people like Nancy Pelosi, the speaker, also don't care for. And the reason being, they want to push the dialogue way to the left. Call it socialism. It's not. Their policies aren't socialist. Um, they just want to spend what the Republicans are spending on different things. Let's be honest about that. That's what it is. Um, And if not, go look at the deficit under the Trump administration and where the money is going. So it's just the shell game. They just want to take the money that's going to the the, the military industrial complex and shift it over here to, you know, the, 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 the Green New Deal to save the planet, which which, you know, again, we won't argue the merits of that. But the latest Democratic National Committee fuckery 
is they're worried that Bernie's surging in the polls. And so what it's doing now, it's completely overhauling the debate requirements, which will allow Mr. Bloomberg and his billions of dollars to make the stage beginning in mid-February. Um, and, and again, the comments, and I shouldn't be surprised, but again, they're, they're, just, they're just open and honest about the nastiness now. Um, the DNC spokeswoman said, now that the grassroots support is actually captured in real voting, the criteria will no longer require a donor threshold. The donor threshold was appropriate for the opening stages of the race when candidates were building their organizations. And there were no metrics available outside of polling to distinguish those making progress from those who weren't. I mean, no metrics available? In, 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 in a world where everything is tracked? We talked about this again on the podcast last week about data and, and, and the lack of privacy and how everything is measured and how they can, you know, they can recognize your person through a heartbeat now. And you mean to tell me that there were no metrics available outside of polling to distinguish those making progress from those who weren't. And so we should just overhaul the whole thing so we can get our guy Bloomberg uh, in there. It's just nasty. It's just nasty. And, you know, for the people on the left that, that, that discount that behavior, Again, you're partisan hacks too, just like the people on the right that just agree with everything Donald Trump says. You're both hacks. And and frankly, you're you're a little bit of what's wrong with America. No doubt. And to take it one step further, um, both those sides of political hacks work together when it's time for the general uh, debates and the general uh, presidential election to keep third parties off the stage so that they can have the uh, the hackery to themselves, either Democrats or Republicans, and you don't get a choice. Like they act like they don't like each other and they don't work together and they everything's partisan. Everything's partisan except for allowing in a, a third party to challenge their two-party dominance. The so hackery. That's, that's going to be the title of this episode, The Hackery. I like that one. That's all. It's on down the line, like not just the DNC. And you only got to look back four years ago to see the nastiness of the DNC when Bernie was going to win in 2016. Mm. But God forbid he disrupt uh, the chosen ones ascent to the throne, Hillary, right? Um, who, 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 who stole the nomination for him? I'll post a link. We're not going to go through it now. I'm not an expert on the DNC, but um, it's been documented and um, and then went on to to lose. Um, hilariously in my view but probably not for many others <laughs> the most epic meltdown i think in the history of the democratic party when you don't go to the last four states that you really need to clinch the win um and you just assume you got it in the bag you probably deserve to lose Oh, no doubt, man. And then, you know, and then they try to ch ch change the goalposts just like they are with the donor requirements for the thing. Oh, the electoral college isn't, value, isn't valid. Go fuck yourself. Agreed. Agreed. Let's talk about Americans exercising their rights. There was, and we forgot to talk about this. I forgot to talk about this last week. But 10 days ago on the 21st of January, um, thousands of gun ownership enthusiasts and armed militia members gathered at the Virginia State Capitol um, for a rally aimed at quashing new gun restrictions. That's what the article reads. And I'll put up a link. Um, there were over 20,000 people there. There were a bunch of adult males with helmets and camouflage and AR-15s and extended clips. The bell of the ball had an M50 that he could barely lug and carry around. But he was like, you know, the most popular guy there because his gun was the biggest and the deadliest. Um, and so there, there, there was a lot of pushback about whether or not 
um, these armed protesters should be allowed to protest. And um, I thought it went remarkably well. Now, let me be clear. I don't agree politically or socially with a lot of the opinions of some of the people that showed up. There were people that showed up that um, don't want any American to have any guns. And I disagree with that. And there were people that showed up that were white supremacists that, you know, don't think um, Mexicans like myself, Mexican Americans like myself, um, should own You're guns Mexican? or exist. I know. Shh, shh. <laughs> Tell anybody the Gerardo Del Real doesn't give it away. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, you had a, a meeting of the minds and the guns and uh, look, nobody shot themselves. Nobody shot each other. There was only one arrest at this rally. A woman was arrested on a felony count of wearing a mask in public. Um, so I actually thought that despite the backlash against all these people carrying guns in the street and how ridiculous some of it looked, um, I thought I thought it went off well. And just to provide some context, the reason that these people were demonstrating with their guns is because the county has recently come under control of the left, which wants to restrict um, the types of guns and 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 and, and the types of uh, uh, ammunition and clips and all of that 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 people are able to own uh, legally. They want to change the laws, and so all in all, I I I thought it went well. I thought it was a a solid demonstration of people's rights within the law. And whether or not you agree with the opinions or the flags or the sentiment of the people that were voicing those opinions and flags and sentiments, I thought it's as good as it could go, given the amount of uh, firepower that was there. So this is why I love America. You can um, have rights protected to walk around in the public with an M50, I believe you said. Is that, that's a 50 caliber gun, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming. Yes, sir. Um, but you can't wear a mask? You got it. <laughs> I love me some America. <laughs> America! <laughs> um, the press really, really wanted something to go down. It was palpable in the days before. They were like, you know, hoping some shit popped off, but it didn't happen. Correct. Correct. Um, and, and, and you know, um, you know, Virginia banned weapons from the capital area and, you know, they had a designated area and all of that. And 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 again, be clear, there were plenty of openly white supremacist uh, organizations that were there, you know, speaking their speak and handing out their flyers and recruiting and doing what they do. And again, under the constitution, people have the right to do that within um, the purview of the law. So again, I thought it was a good exercise in democracy, regardless of how I feel about some of the people that got to exercise those rights. Um, that is inherently what America is built on, right? Bring your guns, but leave your masks at home. <laughs> I personally would never go because I know my face is going in the database, right? So, I mean, I, I, I find it amusing that all these groups that are, that are, you know, a lot of these groups do stuff that is illegal, right? They, they harass, they intimidate, they, they kill sometimes, they, they, they commit crimes. and They wear masks. I, they wear masks. I don't know why for the life of anybody you would go and show up and, and give your face and your profile to the government. Just like I don't understand people that still have Facebook accounts and, you know— just put everything on there. Um, but again, what, what, what do I know? Who knows? Right. Well, Hey, they're good for them for, you know, voicing their opinion and exercising their rights. That's obviously what makes this country great. Absolutely. Let's talk about the market for your most private data. I think it's a good segue. We just talked about, you know, showing up and giving your profile to the government, which is in essence what everybody that went to this uh, rally did. 
Um, I'd love to hear your take because you always have great takes on this. Yeah, well, it's just the evidence and the stories they mount every week, right? I talked earlier about how, you know, it's sort of out there now. Everybody knows everything like the truth is out there because of the Internet and information. And so um, this week, the story was this uh, Motherboard and PC Magazine did a study um, on this service called Avast, A-V-A-S-T, which is uh, antivirus software that's installed on hundreds of millions of people's devices, Hundreds of millions of people's devices. Hundreds of millions. Okay. Um, And so the study um, tracked data using um, contracts and publicly available company documents from the antivirus software uh, company Avast to see if they were selling private data and Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> they were selling the most sensitive data um, that you could possibly sell from someone's device. Um, data that they were saying publicly that they weren't selling. And that was data that was supposed to remain confidential between um, the user and the and the antivirus software company, right? So they're selling things like um, all your search and browser history. Uh, the things you searched for on I like porn big websites. butts and I cannot lie. Yep, the things you searched <laughs> for on porn websites, um, GPS coordinates from things you searched for in navigation um, apps and maps, along with um, timestamps. So um, you know, it's sort of like you know we knew this was going down, but this is like this is the proof, right? They have four hundred and thirty-five million active users. Avast does, um, and they're selling like the most sensitive data, like the stuff that you know you you, you do an in incognito mode, and that you would never want the world to know. And 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 not just that; it's not about just porn and sex and privacy, but it's about like. Um, you know, domestic abuse and depression and suicide sure. and mental illness. You know, this is this is personal stuff. It's not stuff that is for sale or should be for sale. And certainly shouldn't be sold when the company says they're not selling it. Um, and I'll obviously post the link. You know, we all know this is going on, but this is like the proof in the pudding, right? Agreed. Um, yeah, you know, I it, and, and it's much more serious than 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 my you know flippant comments and jokes about it, but. Um, one more because I can't help myself. It's why I tell my wife everything. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's you are never, yeah, you're, you're never, J, you're never going to J. Edgar Hoover me with my wife with a folder that says <laughs> if 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 you don't um, do this, then guess what? She'll know everything. I would laugh. I would die laughing. Um, she already does. She's probably with me most of the time. So <laughs> you can go kick rocks <laughs> with your little folder. But yeah, all jokes aside, yeah, there is a lot of very personal. Um, data that just, even if it wasn't serious, even if it isn't, you know, addiction or PTSD or, or, you know, sexual assault victims looking for recovery centers or, 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 or support. Um, even if it was just run of the mill stuff, like I like big butts and I cannot lie. And I think that should be the, the, the title of the podcast for this episode. Um, you know, let me read you the paragraph, man. It still let, shouldn't let happen. Read you. Yeah. Fire away. The data obtained by Motherboard and PC Magazine include Google searches, lookups of locations and GPS coordinates on Google Maps, 
people visiting companies' LinkedIn pages, particular YouTube videos, people visiting porn websites. It was possible to determine from the, from the collected data what date and time the anonymized user visited YouPorn and Pornhub, and in some cases, what the search term they entered into the porn site and which specific video they watched. Incredible. It's nuts. And I'll raise the ante. If you don't have tape on your camera on your Mac like I do, they could probably tell what you were wearing and how responsive you were to the porn. <laughs> no, no doubt. <laughs> All jokes aside, nasty stuff, everybody. It's um, And again, it, it, it just it, we're at a point in our society where this is just accepted as commonplace, right? There is no outrage. There is no... Um, there just isn't. There isn't that massive pushback that I think in different times, pre-9-11, we would have seen, right? I remember a time where, you know, privacy um, and, and, and you know, keeping government out of the bedroom and out of, you know, your personal life um, was, was paramount, right? It was, it, was, it was critical. It was just one of those cornerstone uh, um, things that Americans expected um, and fought for and died for in this country. Um, and now... Who even talks about this stuff? A couple of podcasters, um, a couple of journalists. Um, we saw what they did to Greenwald last week, right? He's getting charged uh, from the Brazilian government for exposing corruption instead of them going after the corruption. Um, here in the U.S., you know, we, um, we have Edward Snowden in Russia for exposing all of the crimes that were being committed by the CIA and the U.S. government. And who else has gotten in trouble but the guy that exposed it? It's just a bizarro world, everybody. There's a reason this podcast is titled that. And uh, it's getting crazier by the day. And again, there's going to come a point where it doesn't make sense to the youth. And they say, fuck this. And they do like the match. And I hope yeah, I'm around they, for it so I can support hopefully, them. Hopefully they burn some Casper mattresses. <laughs> Will they own the Casper mattresses? Uh, well, uh, hopefully not the stock at least. Um, <laughs> is this like the impossible mattress? It is like the impossible. It's worse. I it's love worse it. than the impossible. For those of, and, and, and I didn't, I, I just saw this, uh, that you wanted to talk about this. So, but I know the story and this is why we're joking about it. Can you fill, fill everybody in there, there Nick? <laughs> so C Casper mattress is the latest, you know, unicorn to try to sell you. It's dumb, stupid fucking stock paper. Um, just like WeWork was a couple of months ago. I don't even know if you remember at this point. It feels like so much has transpired since then. But um, I'm sure you've seen the advertisements, um, the TV commercials, the ad placements online for, you know, these these direct-to-consumer mattress companies. Casper is like the leading one, like the ghost. C-A-S-P-E-R. Well, it's trying to go public. Um, it's a good name. I'll give them that. It's an, it's an accurate name. It's actually, yeah. Right, because your money's going to ghost you if you put your fucking money into it. Correct. <laughs> um, so this company, A, it doesn't make profits, which why would it? 40% of companies that are listed on American exchanges um, don't make any profits. Profits are so uh, in the past, Kyle. I mean, Nick, sorry. <laughs> profits yeah, are so in um, the past. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you. So it was trying to go public. Um the last valuation was 1.1 billion, and then mm. 
um, as investors are increasingly starting to do. Um, they started asking some questions like what happened with WeWork, right? And shit start, didn't start adding up. So um, the first thing is that Casper loses like $70 million a year. <laughs> um, and, 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 what, and what's the market cap? And they do that on three hundred and twelve million in revenue, and the valuation was one point one billion dollars. Um, and so, you know, not only do they not make a profit, but this is the really funny part: they don't even make the fucking mattresses. Um, they contract with this other company that makes mattresses for like all their competitors, like Sealy and Serta and all the other mattress companies, right? And they're just Casper is just white labeling these fucking. Uh, mattresses. So they don't make the mattresses and they don't make a profit, but it's our latest tech unicorn. Um, and if that just doesn't make your head want to explode, I'm not sure what will. Uh, there, it, It's going to take a lot for heads to explode. Like their competitors, like Serta could just buy their manu- the manufacturer, right? Well, you um, could, then, but that would make then, sense. And then Casper wouldn't have like um, a, a business, but it's a billion dollar company. It is insane, Gerardo. This is in. Sanity is the Casper name trademarked. I'm not even sure. I don't know <laughs> because that's really the only like property that 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 it it could have to its name, right? Right. It's a it's a it's it's a digital advertising company. I mean, they're mon- they're essentially you know it's like a newsletter company, or whatever. They're monetizing e- leads. They're monetizing email leads and hoping they can sell them. Uh, you know, other shit, sheets and mattress covers and, you know, renting their name to affiliates. It's not a fucking mattress business. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wacky times. Wacky times. What else is on your mind, Nick? I, I don't know. Are we are we near the end? <laughs> no, you, you wanted to talk about Germany killing people to be green. Was that last week? No, I, I didn't talk about it. I, I wrote about it this I week. I know you and touched so, on Germany and, and, and nuclear last week, but I, I, I saw I saw you wanted to, to touch on that this week, and I didn't know if it was a continuation of last week's discussion or a new Gosh, thing. this is how stupid we are, man. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I got a rant, man. Um, you know, after Fukushima in 2011, Germany was like, oh, man, nukes are bad. We're going to shut them all down. And so it's been nine years, and we know now that um, well, what we knew then that that's a bad idea. You can't shut down your nukes and expect to uh, replace them with clean sources of energy that just aren't there yet and viable. And so what ended up happening, we now know because there's been studies by big universities like UC Santa Barbara and UC Berkeley um, and others that have quantified this is that Germany ended up replacing that nuclear capacity with coal and not just any coal, but lignite coal, like the dirtiest form of coal there is. Um, and it's now been quantified that uh, the increase in emissions and particulate matter from those lignite coal emissions that supplanted the nuclear capacity have killed thousands of people. Like you're, So Germany is like killing thousands of people. They traded in a clean source of stable base load power for a public image a headline, nuclear abandoned in Germany, Germans abandoned nuclear power. They traded that headline for thousands of lives. They did themselves no service to their to their people. They did themselves no service to the... Uh, their grid and they did themselves no service to their climate goals and they did themselves no service to their uh, economy as they pay the highest electricity rates in Germany, something like over 30 cents, 30 euro cents a kilowatt hour. I mean, it's just asinine. It's backwards. It doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, I rail I, I rail against some of these climate change things all the time. The, the proposed solutions that just don't make any sense. Um, <laughs> and the solar roads. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. And the, yeah, the uranium batteries with diamonds and shit. Like, yeah, you know, and, and that's funny, but this isn't funny. Like, don't shut down your nuclear plants and kill people. It's not a good idea. You're not being green. You're fucking killing people. Have you reached out to Greta? Uh, I No, I, I won't. <laughs> uh, anything else on your mind, Nick? We have coronavirus. We had a horrible uh, PMI number out of Chicago here in the U.S. that led the market down 600 points. We have gold looking like 1600 is right around the corner. I still don't believe the silver rally. It's, it's you know, barely breaking 18, which I think, uh, to me anyway, confirms that we're not ready yet for a silver bull market. I know that can change on a dime, but that seems to be where it's at. Is there anything else that's on your mind? And then I'm going to ask you about your deal flow because I believe that you offer the single best private placement service in the business. I'm on record saying that multiple times. I'm biased. We're friends. I write for your division and work for you under the Outsider Club banner. And we're business partners on this website and multiple other ventures. However, um, I, I can also chew and, you know, walk a little bit, chew gum and walk a little bit. I can't say it, but I could do it. Um, and, 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 and can separate one from the other. Um, but I know you get a lot of deal flow and I got to ask you because this, you know, this podcast is one part us ranting and raving and the other part talking a bit about the markets. Are there any new deals that you've done recently or that, that, that you're in the midst of closing that, that are really appealing that I mean, people should focus on? Give me three. Oh. Oh, th you want three? Oh my God, Gerardo! I gotta load web pages. Um, one is is Hannon. We we've talked mm. about a lot recently. I think that that placement is probably full or oversubscribed. Um, uh, another one, um, although you could argue that uh, they could have waited to take the money, is is Millrock. I own a lot of Millrock. I participated in the last uh, three or four private placements. They're raising a bit of money again um, here at 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 12 cents and that's a really good kick at the can at this um what are they calling it the north 64 project now um up in uh, adjacent to the pogo mine so look they're going to be drilling in the next um two weeks i'm pretty excited about that and then um gosh i'll give you the helium one i haven't even um you know filled out my paperwork or recommended it to, to nick's notebook yet but i'm working on a a, a private helium deal called imperial Helium have done a bit of diligence in the sector over the past couple of months. As you know, um, I think it's a highly marketable story, which is important, as you know, for for junior stories, Lithium X, for example. Um, and I think the the helium space is something interesting that not a lot of people are talking about. So Imperial Helium, that's what it's called, but it's still private. Have you seen an increase in deal flow for you? Oh, absolutely. I said it earlier. I mean, I can't even... I can't even hardly vet them all. I mean, to, to spend, you know, you got to spend 20, 30, 40 minutes with a slide deck to sort of understand it, right? I mean, and I've seen probably five or 10 slide decks just this week. So it's definitely picking up. Good, 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 good. Well, I appreciate the names. Uh, the name of that service is called Nick's Notebook. Um, Nick's Notebook, again, I think if you're an accredited investor and you want access to private and public deals, um, you should reach out to Mr. Hodge. Appreciate it. That's all I got for the week. Uh, coronavirus is chasing everybody. So is the real flu. Copper's down. Gold is up. U.S. indices are down. Um, I think it's a head fake, by the way. I think the Fed cuts. I said that already earlier. I think you're going to see Dow 60,000 here in the next 10 years. You can quote me on that. But 
I do believe we got a little bit more downside here for the next several weeks and maybe the next month or so. Any thoughts on the overall markets, the major U.S. indices or the gold space before we get out of here, Nick? Well, you said there's upside still for equities, and I'm going to tell you there's upside still for gold and gold equities as well. I love it. I love it. That's all we got for this week, everybody. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This has been episode 55 of Bizarro World, and what a bizarro world it is. Be nice to each other. Have a great week. Nick, send us off. Adios, you Mexican. Ha, 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 ha.